Welcome to the Picture of Wealth, a podcast all about living more of your life now, yet being responsible for your future. Lifestyle experimenter, wealth scientist, and financial coach Dustin Service shares life hacks, wealth tips, and interviews successful entrepreneurs on how they're thriving in happiness, purpose, and prosperity. From two-handers across the top of the head to skates on, climbing in the bleachers, having a fist fight. This was a podcast that I truly enjoyed and getting right back to some of my old childhood memories and Wade Redden, former NHL pro and uh, NHL all-star, played over a thousand games, won a number of awards and uh, played alongside some of the great hockey players of the 2000s era. And we covered all sorts of things from what it takes to run an effective team to creating team culture to get the leverage to win. And I think that's very applicable to business owners listening to this podcast or people running teams to use that leverage and utilize that team effort to live your ultimate lifestyle. Because if you can get your team really cranking on it, understanding while they're there and working hard to grow the business, that can give you the freedom to, again, make a healthy living and not have to be in the office as or your business as much as maybe you have been in the past. And Wade really does a great job of sharing what it takes in the NHL and how great teams are made and even how to train and beside, you know, training and weightlifting besides some of the great hockey players of the NHL. So let's dive right in. Thanks a lot for being on the podcast this morning, Wade. Well, it's a pleasure, Dustin. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. We, uh, we do have, we share a bit of Lloyd Minister history. So Wade, uh, you grew up, Lloyd Minster, Saskatchewan, uh, playing minor hockey. Uh, I did used to work in the oil field and uh, I was in Lloyd Minster that I made a decision I would never work in the oil field again. Uh, It was Valentine's (laughs) Day, Feb 14th, minus 40. I was in a hotel room two weeks and I just said, I'm not coming back here. So uh, I think we should Send a tribute out to Lloyd Minister, Saskatchewan, and uh, that's your home oh. stopping grounds. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's uh, You probably look in the, where you've gone since then. I'm sure you <laughs> made the right decision. So it's uh, not an easy time, minus 40, going out slugging it in an oil patch. So I'm so sure that in, was a wise, wise choice by you. In Lloyd Minister, it's, uh, it's a lot of oil. Uh, and so there's lots of pump jacks. Uh, I remember that. And is your family farm a pump jack farm or is it a, just a farming farm? No, no, we're agriculture. So okay. I grew up just northeast of Lloyd, 15 miles out of town. And actually a little town called Hillmont, Saskatchewan. So that's where I went to school up until grade 10 is when I, and then we went into Lloyd to the bigger high school. But uh, yeah, no, cattle and grain. Dad's still giving her out there. He's... 72 now and still farming and uh uh yeah roots are are all back there so my brother's still he's working in lloyd he's kind of an engineer so a lot of oil work stuff obviously that's what drives the economy around there and uh um but yeah it's a great town is is the sentiment what you see in the media like if your 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 family works in that field are they still working and busy and you know making money is you know it just seems like doom and gloom oil field that's kind of all i know i know obviously i follow it and i think it's 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 doing i think it's gotten back up a bit now obviously there's been highs and lows every time i go back home 
if it's a booming time, you just notice how busy the town is. If it's a, you know, if things are slow and, and Lloyd, then it's just dead, kind of a ghost town, you, the contrast of it. But uh, certainly drives that, that town and it's, it's had some really good years. It's had some, some trying times too. So I hope it can level off and there's a lot of great people there that depend on it and, uh, and they do a great job of, of providing that. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going anywhere, but it's obviously a hot topic nowadays. That's for sure. Yeah, and this the small town is there? Is there like a a, a story you remember about Lloyd uh, in your hockey days that you can remember where it was like you knew you were going to the NHL and you were going to be successful, or was there? A, you know, my father played pro hockey, and and he kills me sometimes. He's seventy mid seventies. He remembers stories from sixty years ago. I was in the corner and, you know, he, he knows everyone's last names and, and this guy came out and the puck came out funny and I scored. And, you know, is there any stories that you remember from those old long time ago hockey days? And you're not that old, but at the same yeah. time, it is, you know, 30 years ago, if you're in your teens. 30. Oh man. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, like I said, I grew up just out of town, so we didn't play minor hockey in Lloyd, but a little town Hillmont. And then we'd join up uh, as we got older and, kind of getting better teams put together. We had a few players from little towns in the surrounding area, but I mean, yeah, there's lots of stories looking back. <laughs> I look back with, with a lot of fond memories of, of playing those days. And we actually played, there's a couple other guys that went on to play NHL hockey too, that I grew up playing against. Jeff Friesen was in metal Lake. Okay. Some names that some people might recognize. Curtis Brown was from unity, Saskatchewan, little town, just South. And he had a long career as well. Um, but yeah, big battles. I mean, once we got to Bantam AA, we'd played North Battleford and Prince Albert and um, Saskatoon teams. We'd always be playing those big cities. So I think we got the farm hockey started coming out and it was always <laughs> rough and tough. And that's kind of the way we were taught how to play. And, uh, you know, yeah, it was great times. Those, those early days, we had a group of kids that played together We'd play fastball all summer and then we'd play hockey all winter. And it was, I still get to see those guys. And it's a, it's a lifelong friendship you have with those homeboys. How, how young do you remember being when you first got sort of tapped on the shoulder and said, you know, Hey, keep it up and, and you're going to go places. Does that moment ever happen or. Uh, you know what? I was, I don't know if there's as much notice of what was going on. I mean, even, so when I was 14 is when the Bantam kids get drafted to the Western Hockey League and I got taken second overall. But to be honest, I didn't really ever, I'd never seen a Western Hockey League game at that point. You don't get highlights. No one really talks about it. So you don't get right. the video feed you do nowadays. You can follow pretty much anything you want. But um, but I was always a top player growing up. And um, so whether, I mean, that was kind of my goal all along. I followed hockey that's all I wanted to do that's all I really no I shouldn't say all I strive for I mean but that was that was definitely a passion of mine from from probably the moment I could hold a hockey stick so um it was yeah I don't know if there's a defining moment that I I just kind of always had in my head that's what I was going to do and I had I had some talent I was lucky that that like I and we talked about before my dad played we got to find out if he played against your dad, yeah, but they yeah, were kind of in the same era in the seventies down in yeah. 
the IHL and AHL. So he was a hockey guy and coached me all the way growing up. My brother was a year older. We played together every year all through minor hockey. So it was, uh, yeah, hockey was in my blood right from day one. Well, I'm sure they got stories. I, I know that the uh, oh, yeah. no, no helmets and, uh, you know, a, you know <laughs> fan dumps, you know, they lose a game, fan dumps a beer on somebody. And they said the whole team stormed the crowd oh. in their skates. Went right up in the thing, and they had a huge fight. Uh, oh, so you know God, all yeah. that stuff for the two, <laughs> the two-hander stick over the head. Uh, you know that happened uh, at at some point. Like, I've heard those same <laughs> stories too. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that was sounds like a jungle. Like, those guys <laughs> yeah. were playing like it was. There's some old articles too that my mom had cut out from. Dad played in Fort Worth or Port Huron, where his towns that he was for like five six years. And dad was, he was a tough guy too. Like he could skate and play, but uh, I think he, you know, everyone had to kind of defend themselves in those situations. So there's a few pictures of him in, in battle that, that stand out too. Like those guys are tough. And that even I joke about it now, my dad, 72, I don't think I'd want to take a swing at him now. I don't know who'd come out on top. So it's called, it's called man strength. You know, I like know that's what they have. Um, for sure. Yeah, I remember my, my dad telling me about a they line brawl, so they all fight. And you know, my dad, uh, you know, was five nine, uh, you know, and he got his nose broken in the first so the first fight in the first period, goes back to the dressing room, gets it all straightened out, stitched, everything. And in the third period, it happens again and he gets the same guy. Jesus. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> things didn't go very well uh that night. And I just think oh, like man. you know, that's their job. That was, you know, that was your job. And mm -hmm. uh you know, kind of, I'm going to pivot it. I just had a, a flash thought of like, you know, you're in, you're in your teams. Like, to, do you remember in like, let's go to world, you know, world, because you went to world juniors and world cup, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, do you remember any specific teams where it like the teamwork stood out and, and maybe unpack why after looking back it worked or is it so many you've played so many games that you just well remember? yeah I mean looking at what yeah I mean looking I guess when I get to junior hockey that's kind of when I talk about when you really think about it becoming a, a job almost even at a 16 years old so the focus is on winning and and performance and you know just that commitment and consistency so my team's in Brandon I was so lucky to go to a town like Brandon and Kelly McCrimmon who's now GM with Las Vegas uh Golden Knights he was my GM and he actually owned the team and Bobby Lowe's was my coach but just the the mentality that they instilled in us to work together to be together to all about team you know what I mean and that that's what I've always had and I think I probably grew up with that even my dad instilling that like it's unselfish it's being there for your teammate and going to battle with them and then going to team canada i mean that's that's what it's all about you go to world juniors you're together for two weeks before you got to play in this tournament and it's all about getting the right chemistry of guys the right cohesion check the egos at the door like that's kind of <laughs> what always was uh because you got these top players everyone's coming to this team and they're the top player in their home team but not everyone's going to be the star on this team. So you got to kind of take your role and accept it and, and do everything you can. So, um, yeah, that's to have success in hockey. That's, 
that is paramount for sure. I mean, even the years in Ottawa where we had success when we did, and you can look back and and just see kind of a the years we didn't have success, there's just a crumbling and guys kind of there wasn't that tight bond. You know, right. not that guys didn't get along, but just when push comes to shove, who's going to be there doing what needs to be done? So that's that's really what it takes at the end of the day. Um, I just had a thought of been watching TV now and football starting. And everyone's talking about Tom Brady. What makes him so successful? Like he's he's a grinder like anyone. He's the most talented guy, but he's the one doing the extra work and he's the guy so committed and so dedicated to his craft that it, uh, it's obviously paid off for him, but that's, that's really what it, I guess, looking back in my career, the high highlight moments, it's those, uh, went to the final with Ottawa and just the effort it took to, to win those big games and what, it, you know, everyone coming together. That's, that's really what stands out to me as a special, special thing. Well, and, and a lot of the listeners are, are business owners or, or, you know, managers or successful people running teams. And so that, you know, part of the reason I'm excited about this episode is, is getting that out of like, you know, how does an owner leverage a team to, to live the, life, the, the best life they can? Um, and so their, their team can. And is there something that like coaches, you know, you go to, te- you know, Team Canada, you said, check your egos at the door. Is there something the coach says? Or is it just natural manliness selection that just sort of the egos get squashed down uh, or leveled? Yeah. Well, I think you get to know people, right? So there's certain, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've never picked those teams, but when you look at around a room and you see these players and I guess they've done their homework on these guys or, you know, any team you, and even, uh, I guess changing it up a bit too. I had a chance to work with Nashville for three years and that was player development. And I kind of saw behind the scenes of what the GM talks about, what the coaches talk about. And they get to know these players and how they handle themselves in certain situations. And it's the same thing with, you know, when I went to team Canada, they, they know what these players do. Like they scout them obviously leading up to it. They know what their personality or character is. And, And I think at the end of the day, they've always, chosen character over I mean you have to have the skill but that's what's going to win out is is having the right person the right team guy the right attitude I think uh I think that's really what what the difference is between win and losing because even in any sport I mean team sport if you have the right group of people together that that just find a way to get it done like sometimes you can have the most talent in the world but if they're not there when it, you know, the chips are on the table, that's, that's really, you want people that are going to, you know, go that extra mile, I guess. You, you have younger children. Is there anything that you sort of take away from your, your career? Uh, and just side note, how many games uh, did you play? You know that? I played over a thousand games NHL. Yeah. And um, you know, as far as, with the kids, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I try to, well, I was, where I was going was, is there anything you instill in them, you know, that are kind of core mantras for, because again, lots of people have children, uh, mm-hmm. listeners. So things that, you know, um, I'll say life hacks or, uh, consistent little reminders or, you know, little tips or tricks 
that you use with them that you learned about, you know, that a family is a team and yeah. you know, your, your sister, your brother, your mom, me, you know, we all have to work together. And so is there anything that you teach them on a regular basis about? Yeah. You know? Well, Oh, for sure. I mean, I guess, and it all comes back to the way I was raised and, and how it was. I mean, it was kind of hard work. It was honesty. It was, uh, doing the right things. I mean, all those things, that's, I guess, foundation I've tried to instill or tried to live my life with and try to instill that in my kids. I think, um, you know, obviously been very blessed and stuff and, and had a career that I did, but I think the foundation of it is, is what's, what really drove me there. And, and my family was a huge part of, of me getting more to where I was. So just, my, like I said, my dad's still farming at 72. Like he's, he's, he's a working man and he doesn't take days off. He doesn't complain about anything. He just, he just grinds through whatever needs to be done. And that's, I think that's a great trait to have. And probably he does it better than I do, but uh, I and try to live to those standards too. And I, I sure hope my kids are that way. I know my wife, is that same mentality she grew up from a great family and had great parents and and that's really at the end of the day the most important thing we're trying to teach our kids is you're gonna have to go out and get what you deserve you know earn what you get yeah and uh and that's you know i think by doing it the right way by being honest by working by um helping others and i mean those are all things that we try to i think try to teach them it's, it's, it's important to to remind ourselves because if we're you know as i have small children too life goes on school pick up drop off trying to have a social life you know each other doing your own activities life's busy and days turn mm -hmm. to weeks to turn to months and if you're not kind of rechecking back in with those values and even maybe having a you know you know sit down with your family and say hey these are the kind of three things we're going to live by and that's mm -hmm. how we make decisions, kind of like a business is, you know, a well-run business has good values, which leads to good culture, which comes back to having, you know, great team camaraderie to get results. Um, yeah, again, I, I had a, a couple of key questions, but I'm totally going off them because. No, uh, well, I think you hit it on the head there. I think you hit it on the head. I mean, what? Yeah, I, I read this book. I'll actually throw it out there. When I was 19 years old. I uh, was living with one of my teammates for the first summer before I went to Ottawa. And, uh, I got this book given to me. It's called Zen and the Martial Arts. And okay. I still have it with me today. And it's, I can't think of, think of the author right now, but it's just a short paperback book. But it goes through this journalist writes his book about all the lessons he learned. And he learned how to different martial arts. And he was associated with Bruce Lee and all this stuff. but. And there's all these little headings, but the one I was just talking about the other day, it's called process, not product. So it's like, how do you get to where you want to go? It's not about the end goal. It's about the process of getting there. And there's, there's like 10 different chapters with uh, just little things I think about all the time. And it was a great book that I still kind of relate to today, but <clears throat> just little reminders of, yeah, what, uh, what's important. I think you hit it on the head there. like. Cause you can get lost with life gets busy. You're doing this, doing that, socializing, you know, busy with running around, doing all these different things. But if you don't take time to kind of slow down and, 
and uh, readjust your course or, you know, think about those things. I think you, you can get lost. So that's a very important thing, I think, to, to always circle back and realize in any situation, whether it's relationships with friends or in your work or your family, you know, go back and look at what, what are you trying to do here? What's, what's important? And, and hopefully you can make decisions based on that. Well, it's, it's, it's circling back to intent. And I think in this current state of the world, it's very easy if you're not intentional to get sucked up in the media and be on a, on somebody else's course. Uh, exactly. Never, right. never mind all the specifics of what's going on, but it's, you know, that becomes your thoughts and your thoughts become reality. And mm -hmm. if you actually peel back the layers and say, this is what I'm intentionally doing, this is where we're going, then you, you that's your, your, like you said, a guiding sort of north yeah yeah north star so you again with with being famous and being good at hockey uh a lot of your stats and figures are on the internet so people can go look it all up but it's safe to say that you probably don't have to ever work uh after your career now mm -hmm. in this podcast i always say it in every episode it's you know we're helping people live more of their life now yet being responsible for their future and in your case uh you have still maintained after being retired uh, very diligent and, you know, you know, have fitness goals and, you know, maintain a, a, a habits and rituals, uh, for success. You might not be playing hockey anymore, but you still have these things. So how, how does that transition go from you're, you're in the game, you're, you know, that's your work is playing, you're making money. And then all of a sudden that tap is off. You've got a bank account that's healthy. And now what? And I, I draw a parallel with the retiree clients that I work with that I, I've just helped them sell their business. Now all of a sudden they've got millions of dollars. And now what? <laughs> you know, they've I always know. gone to that same office every day. They've driven to that same farm, the same shop. And that's just what they do. But now someone else is sitting in that desk. And so in your case, someone else is wearing those skates and playing that, that wing. Yeah, yeah. Defense. How was that transition zone? Well, so it went pretty smooth. So, I mean, I shouldn't say smooth, but I'm in a good place when I was at the end. I feel like I kind of ran my course at the end and I was almost, it was spelled out for me that it was over. You know what I mean? I wasn't like I was, um, I just felt, yeah, it wasn't the same player come with age, whatever. Um, and that kind of thing. So I kind of bounced around the last few years. I was down in the minors a bit. I was on a, that last lockout half season. I would kind of jump between two teams. I was kind of in and out of the lineup kind of guy, kind of a depth guy. <laughs> and, and yeah, I just wasn't that same player that I was. So for me, I guess playing all those years, like you said, I have independence financially and I guess transitioning into the next stage of my life, I was, I was kind of ready for it. Um, I was fortunate as my kids were young, my daughters were two, I guess one and three at the time and just kind of dove right in there and enjoyed life. I think <clears throat> a few years later, I ended up getting a job with Nashville. I worked three years in player development. One of my buddies has brought me in to help him in that department and, that was a great experience too, kind of being back in the game and working with young guys and remembering those days and myself and what it took and kind of helping them along as much as I could. Um, that was a great experience, but yeah, I mean, I still think of 
that maybe I will get into things or want, and probably the one thing I as comes to mind would be hockey. I mean, that's what I grew up playing. That's what I know. So if I get back in the game someday, that might be something that I'll uh, strive to do. But uh, right now I'm enjoying life. And like, like you said, I do have, it's almost like an extended off season for me. Like I still work out and I like to like to keep in shape and I still skate a bit. I golf and I play tennis. And so I get, I'm enjoying life and I'm so lucky that I'm able to do this and I'm around, I'm driving my kids to where they need to go. They're all playing hockey now too. And keeping busy with that and there's different activities they're always always doing so so lucky to be able to yeah I feel feel very fortunate to to do what I'm doing sometimes I think oh, maybe I should be doing more and then kind of content where I am too so pretty fortunate is there any uh that any financial mentors you had in the when you were in the in the show that said hey you know what don't buy Lamborghinis and Ferraris you know, this is your first season, you know, or were there any sort of key books or resources that you tapped into early on that you said, you know, I got to save this much and I got to do this? Or did you buy a yeah. you know, Tesla at 10 bucks and you know, <laughs> went way up? No, to be honest, I, I mean, I have people help me with that. And straight since I was probably 20, yeah, when I started, I was 19 years old and didn't really know the value of a dollar. To be honest, I mean, I was junior hockey player and uh, lived at the rink and um, started making money at at that age. And obviously, needed help with investing. And I, I ended up getting. I had a my agent one helped me a lot. Who was was very good. I had a financial advisor too. All those years that helped me through through everything and taught me a lot and walked me through budgets and seeing where my money was and different uh you know money managers that that you invest with and stuff like that so help me get down that path and and put my money in good place I was pretty not I didn't spend a lot of money I mean as a single guy all those years I had my house I was living in Ottawa so there wasn't a lot of money to spend it on compared to some other cities so um my wardrobe was pretty wasn't too extravagant by any means. I mean, yeah. stuff like that. I just didn't didn't That's spend a lot of money, so I saved it, I guess. And um, the farmer, That's yeah, the farmer, in farmer there. mentality. Make <laughs> do with what you got. <laughs> yeah, but uh, probably still kind of cheap that way, maybe at, at certain things. But um, yeah, learned. Yeah, say, had a lot well, of people teach me that stuff. Are, are you buying it because you need it or because you can? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Usually> <laughs> well, there's certainly been those purchases, but can't say there's not, but I try to limit it. Yeah. So uh so now you're back and what what is sort of the balance of uh you know the, the different sports you still hang on to now? Tennis and hockey, I could see the parallel and golf. Uh mm-hmm. is there a routine you follow or like you you mentioned the book you love is about process, so it's it's is there a systematic social life or is it, uh, you know, what is sort of this, you know, euphoria of, of balance and happiness that you got going on right now? Yeah. Well, I think I, yeah, with like tennis is something I've just taken up kind of since I retired from hockey, probably more so even the last three, four years. So that just the challenge of it, I think that with that and golf are similar to kind of have goals like, um, 
just to get better at them and playing different guys and, uh, you know, trying to compete at it. That's, that's the beauty of it. And, and the self it's a, it's a obviously, uh, individual sport. So My something friend. I never really did growing up either. So it's, it's a good challenge. Right. And tennis is something that, you know, to, to be on the court, I've had different matches now and, and stuff like that. And that's a super good challenge. Just, with yourself to kind of stay in that I'm still not good enough where I want to get to a point where, you know, there's a certain level I'd like to get to, but, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a work in progress and it's, it's a great challenge. So that's kind of way I view it. And then, and then even just, uh, you know, staying healthy and staying active. That's kind of my goal that way. You know, I was super lucky. I played a lot of hockey and my body, I was one of the lucky ones to get out of it healthy with, with everything intact and stuff. But still, if I don't do anything, I feel like I feel worse and my body feels more, you know, just aches and pains, like stuff like that. That's, that's kind of my motivation now is just to keep moving and, and feel good. Well, I, I think as business owners, you, you sort of get in this treadmill of like, well, I'm behind. I need to work more. I need mm-hmm. to put more hours. I need to get up earlier and just do more emails because I'm never going to get this. So the thought of, you know, going for a workout is, you know, you're not as productive after that 11th hour and, you know, but, you know, kind of reframing your brain. So do you remember any hockey stories of like being battered and bruised after playing hard games, but still going and doing that five mile run and, you know, what, what pushed you to, to keep sort of on that discipline? Cause obviously Again, people can look up your stats, which I have. You know, there's obviously consistency there. So there had to be. You're not Iron Man. You're not invincible. So you would have had to push through some, some stuff. Or you know, if you noticed that that uh, you weren't getting where you want, you had to make some changes. So is there, is there, is there anything that you could could comment on on sort of that? Well, well, I mean, business and hockey. There's lots of correlation, and there's a a process, right? Like we like you. I said, and you just mentioned, obviously for hockey, you have to train like it's a 12 month thing now. Like it's year round where you got to be ready. You got to show up ready to go. And I learned, learned that the hard way after my first year in junior <laughs> coming back and having to do a two mile run. And I always think about this and I even, you know, conditioning was something that, you know, I had natural ability and stuff. And I guess in the nineties is when things really started taking off with the NHL and there's more money to be had. And, um, you know, look at the eighties, I think guys would change from just go to light beer, basically light beer in August was their <laughs> training routine <laughs> in a lot of ways. But, uh, I remember showing up for my two mile run. I was dead last. I was like barely crawled across the finish line and, and my coaches were so disappointed in me and I was embarrassed for myself. Like it was just an awful feeling to, to show up to camp like that and just imagine any work you show up for a big presentation and you, you don't have anything prepared. Like it's that same kind of feeling where you're just like totally screwed up for yourself. It's like controlling the things you can control. So I learned that for me to be successful, you're going to have to show up, you're going to have to work year round and and dedicate yourself to to fitness and to to keeping yourself ready and healthy. And, And that was really a big learning thing for me. Um, and then, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know where I was going with it from there, but yeah, well, it's just a constant thing. Like, 
being ready and being prepared like that's that's really what what it's all about well yeah I, the, the training camp so in your business you know we think of of uh, december as our training camp and you know it's traditionally slower around the holidays so that's when we do our business plans that's when we rewrite our goals and and so we come into january uh, ready to rock but uh, random question so you played with uh zedano, zedano chara uh in boston uh what was he like in the gym like in, well, in training <laughs> yeah that's the perfect perfect guy to bring up because he was in <laughs> ottawa too so i has finished my career right. with him in boston but he was in ottawa I think he would have been five years, probably five or six years we played together in Ottawa too. So that was really when he started turning the corner and becoming the player he was. He was come to us from New York Islanders where he kind of uh, started his career. He was in the gym every day and just so dedicated to, to himself, to fitness, to I think at the end of the day, probably wanted to end up where he did. Like that's, He's going to be a Hall of Fame guy, obviously, and and with with his physical stature and his natural ability, like he he worked as he had all that, but then he had the work ethic to go with it. Like he he was so dedicated with everything he ate, everything he put in his body, every workout. I think I think he has. I actually read this in an article here in the last couple of years, but he's since like the mid nineties, he's, he's got every workout he's ever done. He's like cataloged it all and has wow. it all. His dad was a, was a Greco Roman wrestler, like, and then 76 Olympics that was in Montreal. So he competed in that. So his dad, he comes from those wrestlers are no joke either. So <laughs> oh, like God. doing, I remember, <clears throat> I remember doing workouts with him and, and he had some of these wrestling things you do, like roll around on your head just for your neck strength and stuff like that. And um, but yeah, he he was a great great teammate and great competitor. And it's still so such impressive, even to see him last year with that fire in his eyes. Like he's he's just got. I kind of he'd probably be a kind of an old school kind of mentality, like growing up in Slovakia and. Um, just that mentality of work, 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 work. That's almost the generation before us. Like we're talking about our dads. Like that's, yeah. he kind of is a father figure. I know as a teammate, he was such a influence just to, just his attitude and uh, his, his approach was, was good for everyone around him. So, you know, great, in, great player. In the gym was, uh, is, is, was he a big bencher or what, like what were the, oh, was the, was in, in hockey, what is in the gym like a legit, respect move like uh and and weight so is it squats is it yeah know? squats is probably the big one and nowadays like in those days we'd actually do for testing they'd have us load up the bars and like do as much squatting as you can <laughs> which they don't do now which is smart because guys would be having missing the next three days of skating because they hurt their back trying to squat a right 350 pounds or whatever <laughs> like it yeah, is. Yeah. but chara like he uh he was six nine, two hundred and sixty pounds. And he was doing he did like thirty-three chin-ups or pull-ups. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, I couldn't get ten. And he's the power to weight like, ratio. That's uh, oh my god. But he was just like, yeah, when you saw him with like with his shirt off, like you think a big guy like that wouldn't be as jacked as he is, but he was just put together and kind of a freak that way. And yeah. uh 
Yeah. And super, super strong. And, but, and uh, so that, that Boston was near the end. You played for the Rangers, uh, at yeah. some point. And, and so we can do a whole other podcast side story. My dad just did an Alberta trip and him and Glenn Sather are, are good friends from, from way back. So they just had oh, visits wow. and, uh, Oh, good. Um, so I have old pictures of, uh, like me when I was five with Bill Rantford, you know, in, in the Oilers dressing room, uh, hockey cards, drinking the Gatorade and all the candy off the, you know, and the, you know, all the food stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, I was a big Oiler fan, obviously growing up. Oh yeah. And, yeah, uh, that was my team. And, uh, oh, oh, Kevin Keith, Lowe and Lowe, Gratz, Mass, not to mention all the big guys, but yeah, man, that was a day for fear. Oh yeah. Well, I don't know. I just seen Glenn was, uh, so I got a buddy back home who's been doing podcasts and he just had Glenn on there. It was his 200th episode. So they uh, somehow he found, got Glenn Sather on there. And I don't I'll know if he'd want to bring my name up with him because that was a big <laughs> sign in his and it didn't work out so well. But Glenn was good. I, yeah. When you talk about, uh, being through it all, there's a guy that's seen it all. And, some of the messages he had were, were great and still stand out for me now. And actually John Muckler was the, yeah. who was also a, a long time Oiler coach and he was my GM in Ottawa for years. So yeah, there's, when I think back to mentorship and, and people that kind of help you along the way, there's a lot of great stories to be thought. Well, that, so you, and we're kind of like, uh, you know, we've now kind of established some rapport in this podcast that I think, you know, you're ready for sort of, you know, this, if, if like, how, how do you stick handle that situation of, you know, is it disappointment in the Rangers? Is it, you know, you're like, that, that's going to be a lot of fucking pressure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, there's no hiding the fact that I got signed to a big contract and it didn't work out. I mean, it was, yeah, there was a lot of things going on when I look back at it now. Um, just life was, was, uh, kind of overwhelming. Uh, just actually my mom had passed. I think that was a big effect on me a couple of years prior and, um, go to New York and yeah, it was, uh, just kind of a whirlwind and going to a place like that and being in that position and kind of having the spotlight on you and then not performing as well. And then things get negative and then they sure heap it on you and it's tough to, to get out of that rut. And that's right where I was. And looking back, I mean, I don't know. It, it's, uh, I don't, you know, I'm not ashamed or anything like that. It's just, you know, it was a tough situation and I'm glad. And when I look back to it now and, and talking about when you have a North star and, and having things that you want to kind of live your life by. Obviously, I got off track a bit and performance went down and my game faltered, but I, I'm proud of how I handled it and and the approach I took as far as, as uh, getting through it. And I was lucky with my family and my wife and everyone helping me along the way. So that was a huge part. I mean, yeah, there were some some tough times. I I remember getting ready to go to games and stuff and knowing what <laughs> – you know, it was, wasn't a great atmosphere there in, in my home rink. So it was like, I was like, man, I can't imagine, man. I oh, it was imagine. tough. It was tough, man. I did not, was not excited to go to the hockey rink, which is the saddest part of it all. So, um, right. but yeah, you learn a lot and then, yeah, at is the there, end of the day, it's, it's part of it all and you learn and move forward. 
You bring up an interesting point in the NHL or in your career, mental health and sort of, I say mental performance, because it's, that's a big thing. And that's a big thing in business. It's, you know, um, my home life is, is in the old lady are not doing very good. This is my business is failing. And so which one comes first? It's like, yeah, what everyone you're pointing the finger at each other where, you know, how do you, you know, manage that the mental stress of that, or mm-hmm. now that you're older, a little more mature, looking back, is there anything that you'd, you'd tell someone else, you know, that's maybe in that spot where they're, they're, they're in a, in a bit of a trough or a dip and it's like, okay, if you only just do these two things, it might help. Mm-hmm. Well, looking back. Yeah. I mean, there was uh what would I have done different? I mean, I think part of it was just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Taking more time for myself probably to kind of work through some of the things that were going on in my life. Like, it just, like you said, I was a perfect example of like being in a whirlwind in your life and not really getting back to focusing on what the foundation of your success or what, what it takes to, you know, to, to have that success. When, when I have in my best years in my career, I was, you know, I was just kind of had that one, one goal in mind. And, um, you know, as I grow, grew older, I got married and my life was changing and, um, my family was going through a hard time with my mom's passing and stuff like that. And I think looking back now, I, I should have taken more time for myself to kind of figure out what, what was going on inside me and what I needed to, to kind of, to do, to, to get to the right place. I think I just kind of, you know, didn't do that well enough probably when I look back at it and over time I did and then in process, but at the moment it was, uh, you know, I thought, I thought I was doing all the right things. I thought I was doing what I needed to do, but was I really looking deep enough? So it was, you know, like I said, it was a learning process and, uh, and I did have lots of support around me and people helping me and, and stuff like that is just, um, yeah, well, the, I, I, I should have taken a little more time to really follow what was going on inside me. Yeah. It'd be, I assume it'd be hard because literally from the the reporters to social media, to the management of the team, to, you know, you know, in in, in having a business or I'm in a commission business where it's like, I know what I'm doing bad. (laughs) I don't need anyway. It's like the revenue tells me I'm doing bad. So even that pressure on yourself, it's like, hi, I used to be here. It used to be there. But here's a side question. Whenever a hockey player, you know, in between periods walks down the chute He's got the towel around his neck and the reporter's like, okay, we're going to get, you know, so-and-so to comment on, you know, whatever. They always seem like they know what to say. Is that (laughs) something you guys are coached or is it specific team mates always get picked to do interviews because they're good speakers. But, you know, I really impressed how, you know, Wade, you know, really worked the wing and pushed up the pressure and blah, uh, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Is that a script or is that, well, basically, well, I mean, I'm, yeah, people, I guess there is training involved. I know that teams kind of help guys in that you know, public speaking or work speaking with media. Yeah, it's kind of gets bland after a while too. Some of those answers, there's certain characters that you see it more nowadays where you see personalities of guys coming out more and certainly more probably in other sports, even in hockey. But um, yeah, it's, uh, 
yeah, it's something that, uh, obviously a big part of it and you have to deal with the media and you have to be able to, to get through all that. And I think at the end of the day, um, yeah, it's just having your mind in the right place to just shelter all the BS that's out there and just show up and play. Like that's, I know it was easy for me at the start of my career. I was just oblivious kind of, you just didn't think about any of that. There's, you didn't let that negative stuff affect you as much. And then once you let that kind of crack you or get into you, you know, it can be detrimental. So I think the key is to, you know, build the, like those foundations in your life and your career that's, that make you strong. Just keep focusing on those. Cause I think that's in hard times, that's kind of what gets you through those things. Yeah, no, I, that's uh, wise words. And I ask everybody uh, this question is, you know, what, what is your ultimate picture of wealth? Uh, well, yeah, financial independence is a big part of it for sure. But, uh, and I'm very lucky that way. But do you know what? I mean, I, I mean, I, the way I grew up and stuff, and I'm sure a lot of us can say the same, like we didn't have money, we didn't have a lot, but we had everything we needed. We had strong family, lots of love. Um, just being, you know, what, what makes a person happy? I think that commitment to each other and, and, uh, I mean, that, that's what I consider wealth, being healthy, being, being, uh, there for each other, being good people. Like that's kind of what, yeah. you know, I guess it's easy for me to say, cause here I'm retired and I made a bunch of money playing hockey, but I think even if I hadn't, I, I think I'd still have that same mindset of, of that. I know my brother and I are super close still and um he works hard and does well. But he he says too, he says he works, he doesn't live to work, he works to live. So like, do you wanna spend 40 years grind? Like there's a balance, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't want to just work, 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 work the whole time and and come to the end and then you're missing work anyway. So it's yeah, it's about enjoying life and um uh you know, trying to find those things that make you happy. Do you take uh, life more serious now or less serious than when you were in the show? Uh, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm a serious guy. I, I, I know you're probably internalized <laughs> more than I should, but uh, I don't get too worked up about things. Like it's uh, try to take it, take it a day at a time. I mean, for real, it's, uh, I just yeah, I asked I the question because I, I, I we were recently camping with my my father in law and mother in law and you know they're I'll say twenty five years older than us and so you know you just listen to them and they've been married for thirty you know two years and uh, you know the, we were just talking about laughing about Gary my father in law house you know stressed out he used to be like the kids weren't allowed to use the towels on the boat if it was warmer right. than thirty degrees because like you use the towels at the end of the day when you want to dry off not <laughs> you know like. It's just dumb shit like that. And and we were howling, laughing. And, uh, you know, a lot of things I was kind of thinking about myself. I'm like, oh, man, with my kids, I get so stressed out about. And, and you know, and with your wife and, you know, your spouse. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, now that you, yeah, there's certain things, yeah, you just get anal about. Too much so at times. But that's part of it, too. I don't know. Like, we're always harping on our kids for probably silly little things. But it's like. 
they drive you nuts too. And they're kind of <laughs> doing whatever they want or they're hyper, at, you know, it's so yeah. Oh, for sure. Life gets stressful and um, kids can certainly add to that. But the flip side of it, when those moments together too, or they wouldn't change it for anything, you know what I mean? So 100%. it's, uh, but yeah. Oh yeah. I've teased my wife probably. I mean, she's probably more so on them about things. I'm a little laissez-faire at times. I, I still like to think I tough on them, but, uh, not as probably as much as her. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you're not there to, yeah. With the kids, it's funny. Even my dad, we there's just things, yeah. From your childhood that, I mean, everyone does the best they can and you kind of laugh about it now and there's silly stuff you do and you look back, it's like, oh, was that really worth yelling about that? But uh, in the moment, you just, you can't help yourself. And so, some of the shittiest moments like later become like actually great memories, but because it's a story or it's a... Yeah, yeah. Laugh at uh, yourself, yeah. right? I can't, yeah, I can't the... believe we we got through that or, you know, you, something comes out of your mouth and Jody will look over at me and be like, okay, Tom, what's with, that's my dad's name. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I was just like, oh, I know. Well, he is my dad. So I guess that's, you know, it's part of it. But, we all morph into certain uh, characteristics for sure. Yeah. Of our old, of our parents. Well, thanks. But to answer your question. Yeah, <laughs> man. It was, I'm certainly looking back as probably pretty serious guy in my career, but as you get older and mature a bit, you you realize some things just aren't aren't uh, as important as you thought they were. Probably yourself, you're not as important as I thought I was back in those days, right? You <laughs> yeah, take, well, I, take yourself at a little less serious. Used to be a lot cooler. That's what I was. Yeah. Saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, or the uh, cool looks stuff. different now. It just looks different. Exactly. Thanks yeah. a lot, Wade. I I had yeah. fun. I uh, I really appreciate yeah, that was it. good. And, that was uh, really good. Thanks, Dust. If you found this episode valuable, share it with a friend. If you found this episode super valuable, leave us a review on iTunes. It will help us continue to bring you top quality content. For more information on anything discussed on this show, visit www.servicewealth.com. That's service spelled S-E-R-V-I-S-S. Any investment topics covered on the show are not investment recommendations, and you should seek professional advice before making any investment decisions. This show was produced by Podigy Podcasts. Thanks for listening.